Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, Inspire Nation? This is episode number 74, To the Edge and Back with Nicole Jansen. What is going on, my friends? I hope you guys are having a good week or a good weekend. Just depending on when you listen to this, it could be the end of a week or the beginning. So we'll leave that vague for now. I want to tell you guys about a new ebook that I am in the process of publishing for all of you. It's called 15 Lessons for Surviving Your Startup. It's pretty cool. It was uh, a project that was never planned. It was a blog post that kind of ran severely wild. But what I did is I picked 15 lessons that I learned uh, just in an 18-month period of entrepreneurship. And I kind of cataloged it in such a way that you're just kind of reading some of my story and kind of getting my thoughts and stuff on it. And my takeaways are just super brief. There's three takeaways per, per lesson or per chapter. So it'll be an ebook only format. It'll be available in, in all major formats, uh, Barnes and Noble's Nook, Amazon's Kindle, and all the other e-readers as well. But that'll be coming out here soon. And you guys should keep your eyes open for it because I know that you will find a value. So to get into the random story for today... It's kind of cool, actually. Uh, random story, I'm calling it Snake in the Garden. So I'm coming home from work today, end of the week, and I, uh, I've got this brand, you know, as a 25, 30-hour-a-week business, and I have a full-time job as an employee as well. And I'm coming home from the full-time job today, and I, I pull up in the driveway, and I can see on the side of the house something's awry in the garden, So I start walking closer, and there's uh, cages around our peppers, and every time they start to grow, rabbits somehow get in and cut them down to the ground, and we keep repeating the process. So apparently what we're doing is not working. But anyway, I get up close, I see this four-foot black snake that has gotten the garden, and he's all tangled up in this netting. I have this wildlife netting to keep the rabbits out. Well, he's got himself bleeding, and it's choking him, and he's all jacked up. So I go grab my wife, and I said, hey, this snake's going to die if we don't get him out of here. He's not poisonous. Help me get him out. So I guess my wife forgot that she's deathly afraid of snakes, like hates them, hates everything about them. But I put on these big heavy gloves in case he wanted to bite, which he never did. And she's cutting away the stuff. And it took 20, 25 minutes. And, uh, you know, we had to even cut it away from his head and his face. And I was able to just kind of hold his head out of the way and everything. And so we get this done and release the snake back in the woods. Off he goes. I kind of look at my wife and I said, uh, did you forget something? She's like, I don't think so. What do you mean? I said, you sure you didn't forget anything? No, I don't think so. I said, did you forget that you were deathly afraid of snakes? She kind of looked at me. She's like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. I said, well, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Somehow that fear that has chased you around your whole life with snakes just disappears when your the well-being of the animal became greater than your fear of the animal. So it kind of canceled it out. I said, there's your proof right there that fear is fake. It's not real. It's all in your mind. It's not tangible. It's something she brought up a few more times. But 
Super interesting to think about. And for some of you listening, this story may relate to what you're doing or wanting to do with entrepreneurship as well. When you get to a point that the pain of doing something every day that you hate becomes greater than your fear of the unknown, that's when you jump. So I just thought I would share that with you guys so that you might find some value and a little entertainment there perhaps. But um, <laughs> I put the video on Facebook Live of us releasing that snake. And man, so many people are so scared of snakes. I don't get it either. So anyway. Today, I've got an awesome guest, as usual. Um, Nicole Jansen joins me for a great conversation, and this con- this uh, episode is content-rich, so I know that you will love it. Let's dive in and check that out, shall we? What's happening, Inspire Nation? I've got another great guest with me this week. I've got Nicole Jansen. Let me tell you a little bit about Nicole. Nicole started the business Discover the Edge, and she does several types of coaching, strengths-based team building, Speaking, uh, obviously, she's an, she's an entrepreneur. She's also a podcast host of the Leaders of Transformation podcast as well. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. No problem at all. So I was digging through your site and really fell in love with the About Us page. I mean, I felt like I could have written some of that myself. Uh, so if you go under the Who We Are, I think the first point says, we believe that focusing on your strengths is the best way to maximize your potential. And man, I, I, that resonates with me really strongly. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, so there's so often when we grow up, we go to school, what do the, what do the teachers do? They say, yeah, you know what, you're good in this area, you're get good, great in that area. But you know, you're a little bit, uh, in my case, it was like my handwriting. I mean, I was a straight A student, but the thing was, you know, your handwriting's not that good. You know, you're not that good in math. And I'm like, really? You know, I remember then thinking, what the heck does that have to do with it? Why don't we focus on the things I'm good at? But what that does is that actually entrains us to focus on the things that we're not good at so that we can be well-rounded with the theory that when we're well-rounded, we're going to be more successful. But in reality, it's our strengths that we get paid the most for. It is our strengths that we have the most fun uh, play, you know, living, playing to our strengths and living that out in life. And so when you are playing to your strengths, I would have used at some point, of, I might've used Tiger Woods, maybe not a good example nowadays, <laughs> but, but you know, it doesn't matter how much I practice my golf swing. I am never going to be as good as Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods or, you know, Jack Nicholas or any of these other guys. Like I'm never going to be that good. Right. Because that is, their strength that is not my strength. You know, it's like Michael Jordan is not trying to be a horse jockey. Like he's pretty clear that's not what his where his potential, you know, lies. And I think that as obvious it is for those people that we see then go, that makes sense. But how often on a daily basis do we do the things that are not in our strengths zone? And so we, we tolerate it. We do the things that have to be done as opposed to the things that we're the best at, and it limits our potential. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I, I love everything you just said. It took me a, a little while, but when I finally realized that for myself, it's like, you know, like you said, I, I just want to do a few things and everything else that I don't need to do because they're not my strengths, I want somebody else to do for me. And if everybody's strengths are different than somebody else, you know, all part of building a strong team, you can really build a world-class team. So... This is important, I think. For I think there's some people listening that are going to take great value out of this because I think too many people, like you said, were programmed young to try to be great in every area. It's just not going to happen, right? So, 
Very cool. Well, it's kind of a backwards approach. I usually would ask something like this first, but I thought, I'm going to mix it up. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey into entrepreneurship. It looks like you've been doing it uh, 25 years or more, and I'd love to hear how that got started for you. Well, I I kind of did start really young. Um, I say that I started my first official business when I was 16 years old. Prior to that, I have I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and uh, actually I remember being in grade six and selling um, the the bead bracelets. They were really popular back in the day, and and uh, you know and and so I started I figured out that people like these things. So I started making them and selling them to my friends at school, and then selling them at flea markets. And I was in the single digit age when I did that, and um, and I just have always been an entrepreneur. My as I said, my parents were entrepreneurs, and. Uh, and so when they they actually started, so my dad owned garage businesses and gas stations and worked on cars and stuff. And then they started a home-based business when I was seven. And that business was in network marketing. And they saw this as a real avenue to be able to supplement their income. And it went like wildfire right from the, from the start. And one of the things, which was a lesson that I learned, which I'm so grateful for from my parents, is the uh, the concept of a home team and so my parents always said look you know we're we're a team and so when when we win we all win and so therefore we all chip in uh, to make things you know to make things happen to make the household run to to work together so when they started that business I said well okay I, I saw it as the same thing what, what can I do to help and they said well you know we get these boxes coming to the house and so you know you can open the boxes so I okay I'll open the boxes and so once a week I'd open the boxes and then it it went from there and then I was taking the orders because they weren't around and I was like oh I can write that down what do you need you know and so I started taking orders and by the time I was 12 13 14 I was doing a lot of the back end of their business uh, taking the orders or you know uh, compiling them placing the orders when the orders would come in distributing it to everyone collecting the monies and everything and of course my mother would check it and everything but um, so I really got knee-deep into entrepreneurship at a very young age and then so at 16 years old it it was didn't seem unusual for me to say yeah I actually want to uh, register a business I want to get going and so it was sales and marketing I sold fax machines door-to-door which is an interesting thing for, you know, can you imagine how many people were excited about giving 25, those fax machines were like $2,500, right? Oh, yeah. How how many people are going to give $2,500 to a 16-year-old who, you know, came, walked into your door? Like I literally physically went door to door. So it was a rough start, but I learned so much out of that and then evolved and went into selling all sorts of different things. And that was, I'm 45 now, so that was 29 years ago. And, uh, and it's been a great journey and I've learned so much. Unfortunately, of course I learned, or fortunately, whichever you look at it, I learned a lot of it through my mistakes or the things that didn't work, but I, uh, I got to learn it at a very cellular level, you know, what it, what it meant to, to, um, struggle through, you know, uh, handling objections and communicating. How do you get your message across in such a way that, that it lands, that people say, oh, that's something I'm interested in. How do you do that? And so as I changed and went from product line to product line and I just, I didn't, wasn't, it wasn't so much about what I sold. It was the idea that I just knew I wanted to be in business for myself. And so I, um, you know, found things I could buy at wholesale and sell at retail. And so every, but every time I changed a product line or changed the service, of course, I had to go through the same process of figuring out 
who is my ideal client? Like who, who buys these things? I mean, my friends weren't buying fax machines at 16 years old. I had to figure out, okay, well, who buys these things? And, and then, okay, well, where do I, where do I find them? And so my initial thing was, okay, it's business owners. Okay. Well, how do I reach them? They're going to get me, they're not going to let me in those big buildings. So I'm going to go to industrial areas. So those smaller places where I can get in the door and I can get past the the gatekeeper, so to speak. And so I just kept doing that every, every time and I got better and better at it all the time. So that's really where it started for me. Very nice. Can you imagine like tomorrow going to work for somebody else, nine to five cubicle? No. You'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? Well, you know, it's funny because I actually, in my twenties, long story short, that, that network marketing business that uh, we had, um, I ended up partnering with my parents because it became, uh, I was spending so much time in that business that um, it was just growing gangbusters. And we built a very large organization. And then uh, we had some issues with, you know, how it happens sometimes with par- business partners, you know, your business with people that don't have the same values as you. And anyway, so that business ended up getting destroyed. Well, in the in the process of of really, you know, kind of catching my breath and figuring out what the heck do I want to do next. Um, I still had my business, but I, um, I actually was asked to go work with a group of lawyers and it was a phenomenal experience. It was only supposed to be short term. I ended up working with them for a number of years. And so I ended up in this, this quote unquote corporate, uh, environment. But the only way that I survived there in a sense was really, and I say survive, but like I did, I, I did really well there was because they asked me to work on a project and they basically said, uh, we're hiring you. you know, we want you to work on this project because of all of the experience that you have in working with clients. And we, you, you just, you know, you can manage massive amounts of information and keep it organized and keep us organized and everything. And so I ended up doing, it was a, it was tax litigation and, um, they gave me free reign to do what I did and just like get the results. We don't care how you do it, how long it takes, just, you take care of it, and uh, and there was no micromanaging. If somebody was to micromanage me, I would be out the door. In fact, when they went to a larger firm and they asked me to come with them, I said sure. And it was a huge firm, very bureaucratic, and uh, uh, I left when that firm wanted to put me on salary. And I was, you know, and said, well, you can't make more more money than than this, and you know, you're already making way more than you should be making, and all this stuff. And they started having conversations like that. I'm like, you know what? this is not any fun anymore. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I was only working, I was only doing it a couple of, you know, a few days a week. And I was, I was getting done in three days. This is an entrepreneur, right? At, you know, getting, I was getting done in three days a week, what they would have otherwise had to pay two people, you know, to do five days a week. And I'm sitting here going like, what's your problem? What's your problem with this? Like, so, you know, I'm getting it done. You want me to, you want me to be here five days and you want me to, stretch it out like that doesn't make sense to me and so at that point I just I was like I gotta get out of here so thank you all it was fun and um, I'll uh, I'll catch you later <laughs> I like the part of it in the first firm where they they let you own your process that's a big deal for me I've got to own my process you know judgment my results uh, I think I'm just creative and kind of a, a free spirit in that way you know what I mean yes so I, yes. I, it drives me nuts like I almost can't take it seriously now I uh I work full-time and I have a business almost full-time as well right now. And, you know, I'm a good, good at, I try hard at everything I do and do well, but I struggle when it's like, Hey, do it my way. I just, I can't take it seriously. So I totally resonate with that. 
Well, you know, it's interesting as an entrepreneur, one of the things is, is as your business grows and, and, um, it goes beyond you and you build a team, the lesson here is let people get the, like, they have their own process to getting the results. As long as they're getting re- the results, they're doing it with integrity. They're taking good care of your customers. Don't get bogged down. Just like it sounds like you're experiencing. It's like sometimes they can get you bogged down. Same thing with me. It's like that, that firm, they bogs down. They don't, they don't get it. You don't ever want to become that. The point is you don't ever want to do that in your own business. Don't ever let it get it so big that that actually starts to seep in because you will, uh, it, you'll experience a loss of performance and good people will ultimately leave. And, and so, you know, cause, cause they're not gonna, they're not gonna want to take that for long. Absolutely. I've got uh, three remote team members now. And it's funny what you said, because I don't have the time, the interest or the patience to try to manage their process. It's like, Hey, here's the end result. Have fun with it, roll with it, find what works for you. And let's, let's get there. And it works really well. You know, you get a good group of people that work well together. Everybody's strengths are a little different, and you get a, a really strong thing, uh, strong thing going on. You know. Yes. Well, that's that's the that's the entrepreneurial system versus the bureaucratic system. And Dan Sullivan actually, uh, he owns a company called Strategic Coach, and he works with high uh, high end entrepreneurs and so forth. Then he talks about the entrepreneurial time system versus the bureaucratic time system. Entrepreneurial time system is you get it done. How how long it takes is, I mean, obviously the idea is to get more done in less time, right? Like the four hour work week. How can we, how can we take less time to get this done? Whereas a bureaucratic system is you have to be here from nine to five, because then I know you're quote unquote working when in fact that, and that is the measure of productivity, which of course it's not. So it's a very different system. And I find that that's where a lot of people who do come from the uh, work environment where they've worked for someone else for many years and then they go become a, an entrepreneur, they struggle because they don't have the, the, the same structure. They don't have that uh, structure enforced for them. They have to actually create it for themselves. And, uh, and so they can become unproductive because they're used to – like I had a guy once – and he came with me. He wanted to start working with me. And, and as you know, I like I have a coaching business. So we went in, we, we did this prospect meeting and, and with this guy and, and that he had referred me to. And so we were all there. And, and then afterwards he said to me, he goes, okay, so, so now I'll go back to the office. I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to like create a report about what our findings are and what we learned and all this stuff. And I said, well, um, you can do that if you like. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> doing I'm not, that. <laughs> I'm not creating any report yeah. on this. You know, that's a, it was just fascinating. I started to laugh and I'm like, go for it if you like to. If that makes you feel, you know, I'll follow up with him. We're going to follow up like we just, you know, we agreed to. But I'm not going to sit there and spend hours to create some kind of, you know, report that goes in a binder and ends up in somebody's <laughs> drawer. Yeah, it's he, hilarious. He's institutionalized by corporate America. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's think about our startups for a minute, and specifically, kind of that zero to one year. So that that fresh startup, you know, it's possibly a side hustle. Um, get your mindset it kind of in that place, and talk to us about the significance of daily habits and internal belief systems. Okay, so daily habits. I believe that results come from the habits and the actions that we take, and the habits and the behaviors and the actions that we take 
are influenced by our mindset. So it, it really goes results, behavior, mindset. And your mindset is is developed by and defined by your strengths and your natural way of the way you think, uh, your personality and all that, and also your beliefs, your beliefs about yourself, your beliefs about others, and your beliefs about the world around you. So what do you believe to be true? And so it's very important for entrepreneurs as you're starting out because it's like you're uh, as Calvin Wayman, I had him on my podcast. He's so cool. He has a book called Fish Out of Water. And he said, you feel like a fish out of water. It's like, yay, I'm excited. We're, what am I doing? I'm must, am I like, you know, every 10 minutes you're wondering, you know, yeah, this is awesome. What the heck am I thinking? What was it? You know, like this. And of <laughs> it's course, like Dory. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then you have like, and then you have your spouse, of course, who's possibly or friends that are affirming that and going, what are you nuts? You know, so you've got all this going on and you have to know, you have to know and have confidence in yourself to know that you may not have all the answers and you may not exactly know how you're going to get to where you want to go, but you got to know that you can learn it. And that's really important. So what do you know about yourself? What do you believe to be true about yourself is I can learn it. I can figure this out. I'm a smart person. I figured out stuff before. I learned how to drive. I learned how to tie my shoes. I can figure this out. I got myself through school. I can figure this out. Number one. Number two is you got to know that the other that other people that there are good people out there. I find oftentimes people will say, you know, people are cheap and there's, you know, they they all they want is a discount. Well, if you say so, that's what you will find. And so what we could because, of course, our beliefs shape our reality. And so what do you believe to be true about people around you that and, and what do you believe even about what it is that you're offering? Do you believe that what you're offering uh, brings value to other people. And when you play to your strengths, you will find that you will have greater confidence because you're in your sweet spot. You know that like, I'm really good at this. And that's where the, your genius zone is. So when you go out and talk to people and you share your product or your service or whatever it is that you're doing with others, that's, that's valuable to them. Right. And so, and then of course, what do you believe about the world around you? If you believe the world is a scarce place, if you believe that the economy is that we're in a recession or that the economy is depressed or there's there's no opportunities out there or it's dog eat dog and it's all competition. And, you know, if you believe that, then, of course, that's the reality you're going to create. So I say all that to say that your daily habits are are around the productivity. Like we were talking a few moments ago, it's around uh, making the most of the time that you have in, in focusing on your strengths. It's also about and very importantly about you managing your mindset, managing your belief systems and and realize, as I forget who said it first, was it's all BS, which is means it's, it's all belief systems. And that's what uh, determines uh, your success ultimately. So with that, I would say that um, just like I was saying how when I when I started out, I figured out and learned as I went is uh, there's something I call the feedback loop. And I would recommend this be a, a daily habit, if not daily, for sure, weekly habit. And the, the more frequent you more, the more frequently you do it, the faster your it's like failing forward. When they say fail fast, fail forward. It's it's it. What it does is this feedback loop is checking in and saying, OK, so what worked? about today 
what what didn't work and you can do this about situations you walk out of a presentation what worked about this presentation list all the things that worked okay great now what didn't work and notice it's not what went right or what did I do right and what did I do wrong because people don't like to be right or wrong then we we get defensive so it's not about right or wrong it's whether it worked or didn't work to get you the result that you were looking for so what worked about this what didn't work about this why what did I learn about this and what am I going to do next time to improve or if it went really well or the things that went really well how can I do more of that so how can I adjust what didn't work well and how can I uh, leverage and continue to do more of what worked well and so that feedback loop is really powerful and then of course as I said with mindset I think it's really important you've got to be around you have to be listening to podcasts like this like yours thank you, know, you thank you thank you <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. You've got to be pouring that in because otherwise you've got all this outside noise, you know, like people, everybody else's belief system, everybody else's BS, okay, that is kind of like getting, otherwise it'll get on you, right? And then you start to question your decision. You start questioning what you're doing. And, and that's, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. So you want to get or you want to associate, you want to read, listen, and associate with people physically. Ideally, if you can get in the room with people and you can mastermind or virtually and, and as I said, reading books, listening to podcasts and feed your mind with that positive and inspire. Inspiring is, is really about being in, or inspiration is about being in spirit, right? You're in spirit. And so you want to, you want to make sure that every day you're getting in spirit, you're getting connected. You're saying, what? Yes, this is why I'm doing it. And I believe that it's possible. And I believe that I can figure it out. You've got to stay in that space and, and then do the feedback loop so that you can adapt, so you can adjust and say, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I learned this and, and, and I'm, and I'm doing this well, and I got a tweak here. And, and then you can course correct. It's the lean startup model. You're course correcting as you're going along. You're not waiting until you get it perfect. Lean startup model is you put out a beta test, you know, a beta product, and then you get feedback, and then you improve your product, and you come out with Microsoft 3.1, micro, you know, and you keep improving, 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 right? Every, like, the, the Apple iPhone, they didn't wait until they had it perfect and done. They put out a product. And then they got feedback, they fixed the bugs, they put in another one, they put it on. And it's the same thing with your daily, the way you operate your business, learning and growing and, and just knowing that you can, if you keep doing that, you're moving in the right direction and, and you'll make it. Absolutely. I love that that continuous feedback is really important because like you say, I think most people, they fear failure, which they should be embracing failure. Because if you're failing, you're doing something, you're taking action. So that's a big positive. But, you know, putting something out there, product or service, tweaking based on feedback, it's it's beautiful. Thank you. Well, can I can I say one more thing with that? When you talk about mistakes, sure. I love what one of my mentors, Blair Singer, said. He said, there's no such thing as mistakes. There are only learning experiences. And that's actually, he's the one I, I learned the you know, what works and doesn't work versus the right wrong, because nobody likes to be wrong. It's like, well, where, where, what am I doing wrong? Well, I'm doing, you're doing this, 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 you, you idiot. Oh, great. How do I feel about that? Not real good. But if I say, okay, well, what worked about this and what doesn't work now I'm taking is not personal to me, what I did do wrong. It's what worked and what, what didn't work. And it's a very, very different energy to it. 
and and mistakes people think of mistakes and they fear mistakes when in fact that is how we learn you know you don't say to a kid who's crawling you know uh or trying to crawl say my god you can't believe you screwed that up i would give it up you don't do that you go oh that's so good okay yay try it again try it again i have a great niece now you know and she was trying to she was you know trying to 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 slide her way across the floor you know in, in her crawling and it and now she's starting to walk and it's like you go yes you got it okay she falls on her ass okay get up again yes and we have to do that for ourselves oh yeah absolutely well, I know you're passionate about helping people experience breakthroughs. So when you think about this audience, Inspire Nation, uh, offer up three changes that startups need to embrace to experience their own breakthrough. Because face it, people are going to get stuck. People are going to ha have the perception of being stuck anyway. So uh, what are three changes that they need to embrace to experience a breakthrough? So the first thing is... Uh, and all of these can be unpacked much further, but just real quick is the first thing is, is recognize that what you were taught when you were a kid uh, may not serve you, right? So the conditioning. So I would say that, because you're talking about change and creating breakthroughs, is I go back with my um, clients and I look at what is that primary lie? What was the thing that you bought into when you were a kid that really isn't true? Oh, I'm not good at this. I'll never be good enough. I'm insignificant. I'm entitled. What are those those things? Those are that's like the little the the devil on your shoulder that's been there and and lying to you, right? And it's not serving you. It's the little voice. And so when you recognize that, and then you you realize you go, oh, where'd that come from? Is that really true? No, that's not really true. Because let me show you why it's not really true. And and you start to get to the truth of who you are. And that's also why I focus on strengths, because it helps people build confidence and go out. You know what? I actually am pretty good at things. You know what? Because most of the time we're focusing on the things that we failed at. We're focusing on the things that we do wrong. Or other people are helping us, remind, reminding us of all the things we do wrong. And so, you know what? It's it's focusing on those those strengths. And that shift from recognizing that it's really not true about us and that the truth is, is that we have infinite, infinite potential and we have tremendous strengths. We're not perfect, but we have tremendous strengths. That shift in itself is is huge for people. The second thing is, is it recognize that before any breakthrough, there is always a breakdown. And so when you recognize it, you go, oh, so this is just part of the process. I'm going to fall on my ass, right? Like I talked about my great niece. I and mean, she's going to fall on her butt, and then she's going to get up again, and she's going to try again. And soon she'll be walking, and then she'll be running. So changing the, the what, your perception of failure and making mistakes and recognizing that it's all part of the journey. So you, you free yourself up to run, you free yourself up to learn without fear of being judged. Right? And, yep. Can I, be, uh, can I be vulnerable with you for a moment, Nicole? Sure. So when you were saying the things at the beginning there, um, when I started messing with Intentionally Inspirational a little over a year ago, I had people say, don't write blogs anymore. Your writing's terrible. No one's ever going to read this. I've had people say, don't podcast. No one's going to find value in that. I've had people say, you can't coach. You don't have any certifications. I've had people tell me all the things I can't do. And the quote from Frank Sinatra has always been one of my favorites. The best revenge is massive success. Although mm -hmm. I haven't experienced massive success yet, I have monetized all of those things I just told you about. So 
if any of those people are listening, I want to say, hello, I'm still here. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I have read your, your notes and I don't know if you write them yourself, but they're, they're really good. And, and I'm a host myself and I would say, and I've been on lots of shows myself and you're a great host Thank and you. I'm glad you're, and I'm glad you're podcasting. And do you know, here's, let's make that the third thing as you know, in terms of the things to change is the little recognize that the little voice the or the big voice that you hear from others saying you can't dot, dot, dot is really has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with themselves. What they're projecting on you is what they don't believe about themselves because a secure person, a confident person doesn't have to put anybody else down. They're the ones that are going to say, oh my gosh, you want to do that? Fantastic. You're going to be fan. You're going to be awesome at that. Jason. Yeah. You should start a podcast because you're like, oh my gosh, because they're, they're whole and complete and they're secure in themselves and they believe in you and they believe and they know that even if you don't know anything about it, you got to figure it out because you're a smart guy. And so, but it's their stuff. When people say you can't, it's really them talking to themselves. It's like, you know, the, you know, you're pointing one finger at somebody else and three are pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. It really is true. It's all their own stuff. It's all their own stuff. And that's a whole conversation in itself. Even when you, you know, you're, you're presenting to somebody else and, and their objections that come up and stuff, you know, considerations come up. It's all their stuff that's going on and just recognizing it and acknowledging it is, you know, will, will allow them to be okay, you know, to be at peace with it. And also you to be at peace. So you don't take on their stuff. You got enough of your own stuff. Oh, yeah. You don't have to deal with anybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I say it gets on you. So yeah. <laughs> don't stain me with your negativity. <laughs> yeah. Great one. Well, yes. it's funny. I love it when people say that to me now, cause I smile and I'm like, well, if I'm not going to stop me, who's going to stop me? And I just, I wait for a response, but you can't stop me. You can either, uh, Side with me or get out of my way or I can run right over you. Your choice. So I'm uh, at a much different place with that than I was at one point. So good stuff. And you love them. And you love them for where they're oh, at. Yeah. You, say, you know what? I appreciate it. I know it sounds crazy to you. But one day you're going to look back and you're going to realize that this, you know, that this is was a good decision. And it doesn't really. This is another thing for startup entrepreneurs is recognizes, yeah, you want to make your customers happy and you want to provide great service and all of that. But really, it doesn't matter what other people think. It really doesn't. And don't worry about other people think because to the point where I was just talking about is most of the time they're not thinking about you at all. Actually, they're thinking they're too much. They're too busy thinking about themselves. <laughs> thinking about what you're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. So just do what you want to do. Absolutely. Well, I can't resist. I got to talk to you about your podcast for a minute. Um, obviously a big fan of, of podcasts, um, as a host of your own show, and I know you've done more episodes than me, about 50 more, uh, how's podcasting impacted your business? I mean, you get to connect with awesome people. You get to start hearing similarities between successful people. How's that affected your business? Hmm. So yeah, I've actually, I kind of fell into podcasting by accident. And when people ask me how I started and I said, well, I have to say it was kind of like a an early morning Saturday morning divine download where it was like you're going to do a podcast it's going to be called Leaders of Transformation I had the name I was going to use it for something else and you're going to interview these influencers and world changers and difference makers and go and I was like I 
don't want a podcast, but okay. And so literally I started there and I didn't have much of a strategy and all that. But that being said, I am so grateful that I, I, I accepted the calling and I, and I went for it. What it's done for my business, it has, uh, it has, there's three things I think in, in business, which are necessary. Number one, you got to have visibility. Number two, you got to have credibility. And number three, you got to have consistency. And what podcasting has done is created added visibility, right? And added credibility for me. And also there's that consistency of content and putting it out there. And of course, you know, I'm hanging out with really cool people. So people kind of assume that I'm cool, which I don't know if I am or not, but you I get are to cool. hang out with I get to hang out with awesome people and they're like, wow, if you know all these people, you got to be some, you know, somebody that I want to meet. And so it has been really great for, for my business. I mean, I already, I was successful before, but it's just really up leveled it. And it's, and it's brought me in connection association with people that I would have never met before because it just, people are saying, oh my gosh, you should have this person on your show and that person on your show. And, and now I'm meeting all these amazing people. And it's, it's like, it's like an exponential uh, multiplier to my business. So mm -hmm. well worth it. Very nice. Yeah, I agree. It's funny, you know, it gives you a great platform. And, you know, I was talking to a guest in my show a while back, Sharon Bolt. She uh, came on talking about how to get free publicity. And it was a great show, but she said something that, that resonated with me and it's still to this day it does. But she basically said, once somebody tags you with an expert at something, Everybody else kind of jumps on board and nobody ever makes you justify it. Like there's no test that says once you complete this and you earn your, your expertise, it's perspective. You know, if you know, I don't even know what the percentage of, if you know 10% more than everybody else, I mean, you have value to deliver there. There's something you can do positively with that. So it's always resonated with me and it kind of crushes that you must be an expert. You must do a 10,000 hours before you have the right to talk about this. I don't, I don't believe in that at all. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I agree with you. I agree with you. 10,000 hours is a long time. I mean, I I agree that math, that's mastery though. Uh, because if, and how do you get to mastery is not just by staying in isolation, learning something in isolation. Uh, you teach what you need to learn. And the best way, it's like the lean startup model is you got to put it out there to the market. And so you can't wait until you have 10,000 hours of expertise. How are you going to get the expertise if you don't like it's just kind of a right chicken or the egg. And so, but, but that, but having 10,000 hours, yeah, sure. Or even several thousand hours is where you can develop the mastery and, and you've done it so many times over and over and over and over and over again, that it becomes an automatic where it's, it's an automatic conditioning. You've re you've programmed your brain that for, for that uh, whatever that habit or that practice or whatever, you just, you just know it so well. I mean, I don't have to prepare, you know, to talk about the things I talk about. Cause I've just, I've done it so long. This is like, I've been, this is, this is me, you know what I mean? It's not like memorization at this point. It's, it's stuff that I know. Absolutely. And the same thing with you. And mm -hmm. that's why when you play to your strengths, it's so much easier. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and it's great. Cause when you, just focus on your strengths. Like, uh, let's just do this kind of off the cuff. What are your strengths, Nicole? Well, my core strength is in, it's interesting. And I've, and by the way, if somebody's out there listening and they're like, how do I find my strengths? Well, um, I, I help people to figure that out, but there are some tools you can, you can use. So strengths finder 2.0 is a book that you can purchase, uh, that was developed by Gallup 
and uh, the Gallup organization did, did a lot of research around this. And, um, and there was an assessment code where you can go online and fill in an assessment, so it's in the book. Um, there's a bunch of other assessments out there that you can do, but that one there talks about what are your top five talents. And so one of my core strengths is in maximizing. It is in that's where the maximizing potential, helping people just discover and play to their own strengths. It's also how I maximize. So it's like this core strength, and that's the thing. Some people think about is what is my strength as a vocation. It's not necessarily your vocation. It's much deeper than that. And your vocation is how it plays out. So it's kind of like the vehicle or the arena in which you do it. So for me, maximizing is is something that I use in coaching. It's something that I can also use in systems when I go into businesses and how I optimize and maximize the the productivity of a business or literally put in systems, how I can organize. You know, I could organize offices. I'd be really good at that, right? But I've chosen coaching. I've chosen uh, maximizing human potential. So, uh, but that's one of my strengths. You know, it's funny. For some reason, I have two copies of Strengths Finder 2.0 on my bookshelf, and I've used both codes. I have no idea why I did that or how that happened. But I don't remember what my strengths are out of the book off the top of my head. But mine are, are people. I'm a visionary, mm. and it's people. Like I dream huge, like Walt Disney huge, and I, I don't believe that I can't accomplish all my goals. Like I have this obsession with success, and it's all based on other people. I want to make a massive impact. And my sweet spot, the thing that really excites me is kind of that startup entrepreneur, because it's the beginning of something amazing if people actually believe. And it could be the end of something miserable if people believe. So it's just something I've honed in on. And it's, you know, delivering value and helping people find their their calling and, and getting to the highest level that they can. So fun stuff. You're probably on that Strengths Finder. You uh, and you can go back, by the way. You can go online and you can find it again. Um, probably Relator would be one of them, or Connector. They also that was another people one. Uh, Woo was another one. So my five were uh, Maximizer, Ideation, Futuristic, Belief, and uh, Achiever. Those are the five. So it's it is a really cool assessment to go through. But yeah, I would I I think that's a that's a a strength that you are naturally. See, the thing is, when it's your strength. You have been doing it. Nobody had to tell you to do it. You just you just do it. And that's why some people have a hard time finding their strengths, not only because people have focused more on and, and taught them more to focus on their weaknesses, but also because it is so innate that they take it for granted. They've been doing it their whole life, and they say, doesn't everybody do this? And the answer is, no, they don't. And so it is something that is so innate. You were born with it. It was preloaded. Well, you were preloaded with strengths. I had a conversation with a guy today, and this is probably two hours ago, and we were talking. We were outside talking. I have no idea how it came up, but he just had that look in his eyes, and I said, "What? what's going on, man? He said, well, I just I just feel like there's more for life, more in life for me than what, I, what I'm doing now. He said, but I don't know what, how to find my thing. You know, my brother, mm-hmm. my brother's doing it. He's got multiple streams of income, successful entrepreneur. I just, I don't have it. I said, well, you do have it. I said, you guys have the same blood, so if he's got it, you've got it, but You've got to find that intersection between your passion and your strengths. And I said, yes. when you can figure out what that is, it's going to feel like there's no value there. Because like you just said, you've been doing it well your whole life and it's normal. But trust me, there's always somebody out there, an audience of somebody's out there. They're going to find great value in what you have to offer. And I just kind of got his wheels turning a little bit. And, you know, hopefully it's uh, sustainable for him. So, yeah, well, it's what great it, wisdom. Yeah, thank you. So what is next for you and your company? What have you got planned kind of today through the end of this year? 
Well, the first thing that I'm doing is I'm actually going on a little summer hiatus, which I'm really looking forward to. And uh, I'm I'm just uh, I'm packing up and hopping in the car, and I'm going to go do some camping and traveling and exploring. So I'm doing that for July and August of this uh, of this year. And I'll still be coaching. I've got my clients and have cell phone will travel. Uh, so I'm I'm doing that, um, and uh, I'm going to be writing some books while I do that. And, uh, and then when I come back, of course, I'll be launching those books. Uh, I also want to, um, with my podcast, um, getting to the point where it's a critical mass of, of past guests. I have a secret group that is uh, on Facebook of all the past guests of my podcast. And uh, so I'm looking at building a community around that, uh, events, masterminds, and really build out that model. Uh, we'll probably do like a, even a membership site where we can uh, support the podcast um, and the listeners, obviously, with the, um, with, the, with the support they need on an ongoing basis beyond the podcast to be able to help them to, uh, to, to achieve their goals and, their, and, and, and move forward with their project or passion project. So that's, an, that's something else that I'll uh, be doing when I get back. And I've got a new website also for the fall that I'll be uh, launching. And so lots of cool things. Wow, first, you just blew but first my I'm mind. Going <laughs> but first, I'm going on a hi- hiatus. <laughs> Did you get that approved by HR? Denied. Denied. <laughs> yeah, that's the beautiful thing. I am HR, and oh. HR says it's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you've just blown my mind here because I love everything, the membership sites, the secret groups that I never have ever considered doing. What you just said with past guests, genius. Nicole, you're a genius. I like that. What is the best way for my audience to get in touch with you? Because I am confident that somebody would like to track you down in the woods and ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> so the best place is discovertheedge.com, and uh, they can find me there. Also for the podcast, I have a separate website, uh, which is leadersatransformation.com. And if they want to hear the, the, the podcast episodes that we have up there, we have almost 100 and, what, 130 up there now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so, but Discover the Edge is where I talk about the strengths and, uh, you know, playing to your strengths, turning your purpose into a profitable business and all that. Well, wonderful. Guys, I suggest you check out her website. It is super content rich. And like I said, I fell in love with the content right away. I feel like I could have written it myself. So we have some uh, shared beliefs and it's a beautiful thing. So check it out. Well, Nicole, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time very much. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it and all that you're doing. You just keep inspiring people uh, with your gifts and your talents and uh, all these amazing guests that you have on. You've got a great roster. I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'm an envy because I'm not, but I'm in awe. So. Oh, cool. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. All righty. We are back to the show. Nicole, thank you again. I had a great time. Well, if you guys want to check out the show notes for this episode, just go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 74. You get the show notes. And the show notes, like I think I've told you, have uh, improved and become much more thorough than in the past. So quite a bit of stuff going on there. But um, something else to think about, there's an ebook page of the website now. Uh, here soon, when that becomes available for sale, there'll be a, an option to buy there if you're interested. And like I said, people will find value if you're, uh, you know, if I'm attracting the people I'm trying to attract, there's people that will find value in that. And it'll save you time. It'll save you money. It'll save you frustration. 
why go through what I went through for 18 months when you can just learn it in an hour's read? So check it out. As always, guys, I appreciate you listening. We will catch up with you next week. And remember, in August, first week of August, we're going to go to multiple shows a week, maybe two, maybe three. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.